0: Okay, so last week we discussed um, why we don't say a bracha on Sipi Yitzhi Mitzrayim and the mitzvah of Sipi Yitzhi to recount the exodus on the night of Pesach. And um, we suggested, we brought from the Rebbe haggadah a number of different uh, suggestions. And um, specifically one that we had an issue with, which I'm, I said, yeah, well, one which I don't really understand, is why he says that because you do the mitzvah with a hefsuk, because in the middle of doing the mitzvah, you're going to eat and drink, um, so therefore you don't say a bracha on something that you do with a hefzuch. Now, basically, right, if, if you're saying that you're eating and drinking in the middle of the mitzvah, what that means is that the mitzvah is extending until past the meal time. And my question is, I I don't think I have an answer for this question, but just sort of to get us back into where we were up to in the conversation, and maybe today together, perhaps we could come up with something. But again, to me, that sounds more um, comparable to Tchiyah Shreifer, where you have the primary mitzvah that you do, and you make a bracha on it, and then you have the, you know, continuation of the mitzvah, which is, which, which you continue afterwards, even without a bracha, and um, not like, for example, Hallel, where you have the mitzvah of Hallel is one unit and you split it into two, the first two paragraphs in the second cup and the last paragraphs in the fourth cup, which is why you can't say Ebracha, and similarly the mitzvah of the four cups of wine. We said you don't say Ebracha, Asher Kedoshonu, mitzvah to have the four cups of wine, so um, because, again, it's one unit called the four cups, which are split into multiple. Anyway, so moving on from there, um, the question then become the question the next question we're going to address is what is the difference between the Mitzvah on the seder night and the mitzvah year round the mitzvah there's a mitzvah all year round to mention the exodus twice daily um, once during the day and once during the night and we fulfill this Mitzvah by reciting the daily Shema the third paragraph of the Shema mentions on the I took you out of Egypt and so um, and that fulfills the mitzvah. So what is the difference between that and the special mitzvah on the night? So, in the Rebbe's Haggadah, he addresses this question and he brings from a number of different sources. Um... second. So we'll see today, we'll go through the the, the primary differences and see what there is to further discuss. Just one second. Okay, so let's, how should I do this? Maybe we, I'll, maybe, the Rebbe lists six things over here. So maybe I should just go through the six quickly and then go one by one and sort of unpack them. Um, the six things are as follows. Number one, every day it would be enough. By the way, the Rebbe prefaces that yesh b'nei gami that we could make a difference we could differentiate between the mitzvah every day and the mitzvah on the Pesach night, even the rise. In other words, there could be an approach to say, look, on a biblical level, there's no difference between every night and Pesach, and it's only rabbinic that on Pesach there's a more expansive um, mitzvah. But the is suggesting that we could know that there is a biblical difference um, between the two, and I think that would that would sort of be, I think, a default, uh, um, Yeah, if I were to ask you before I just said anything, um, on a d- w- is, is, there, is there a <coughs> mitzvah of Sippur Yitzhiz Mitzrayim in the night Midori raisa different than any other night of the year I think anybody disagrees? the problem
1: is it. we have a of, though that uh, you're supposed to just talk about Mitzrayim every day
0: that's true but if I had asked you 20 minutes ago is there a difference between the daily mitzvah and the mitzvah on the night of Pesach what would you have said?
1: there's some difference
0: right but Midori you would assume there's a difference in Midori not just Midori right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have to figure out what that difference is. Um, we'll, we'll see soon. again, I don't know. The Rebbe suggests six differences. There's a seventh difference also, which the Rebbe doesn't mention, but that one is only... The Rebbe, I'm not sure if the Rebbe is trying to suggest that all of these six are Deir Maybe all of these six are Deir according to some opinions. I want to unpack it together, but let me just go through them quickly. Just
1: like on a simple level, it's just that like, yeah, the rest of the year you just say the last, last paragraph of Kriyashma and that's it. And then on on, uh, Seder night, you're supposed to elaborate a bit. Well,
0: if I'm going to play devil's advocate a bit, because the devil needs an advocate. Somebody (laughs) Um, somebody needs to speak up for the devil. Right. (laughs) Um, Last week, we said that one of the reasons we don't say a bracha in Sibitzi's Mitzrayim is because you already said in Kiddush. What did you say in Kiddush or in Krishma? Right, you just said one line. So that's assuming that the mitzvah on Pesach is no different than the mitzvah of the rest of the year. Oh, that, right, okay. Yeah. Unless you say, no, that's the Raisa but this is the Rabbanim. but then we make a mitzvah on the Rabbanim also. Do you understand how this goes round in circles a bit? Yeah. All right. So number one, every day you could fulfill the mitzvah just by thinking about it without actually expressing it verbally versus on Pesach you have to express it verbally. Number two, every day it's enough to have a mere mention. On Pesach it has to be recounted. Number three, on Pesach, the story has to be told as a response to a question. Number four, simple (laughs) Yitzhi Mitzrayim on Pesach is counted as one of the 613 mitzvahs. The daily one is not. Number five, five, um, the mentioning of the mitzvah every day is is only until Mashiach comes but when Moshiach comes, that mitzvah will no longer be, but the mitzvah of Pesach is every day. And number six, finally, the mitzvah of the is of of Pesach is all night. So that's, again, that's very briefly the six, and obviously there's quite a bit to unpack. Just one second over here. Interesting, it doesn't bring it. Okay. So there's this actually, there's a safer from Rabbi Baro Levin on the, on the Rabbi where way he sort of unpacks, he gives you copies and pastes the references that the Rabbi makes. It's a very useful safer and a very unuseful safer at the same time. It's very useful because instead of looking up a hundred things, you have it all on the page. The problem with it is that sometimes he randomly skips things that he doesn't bring. Um, and it's, And it's easy to just, to not realize that there's something important missing. And also sometimes he quotes what, in my opinion, could be the wrong piece. You know, like it's not exactly clear what the rabbi's which piece of, I don't know, Rambam or whatever the, uh, the Rebbe is referring to and, uh, or if. And, you know, he makes his assumption. But uh, maybe if I would open the original Sefer, I would think, oh, you know, actually, the Rebbe is referencing a different piece. And so you have to be careful when you use these uh, contemporary malakati. Anyway, let's go through this. So I, I'm actually going to start from what the Rebbe used as number four episode number four, Sipi Mitzrayim, is mentioned as one of the 613 mitzvahs, whereas every day it's not. Now, it's interesting what the rabbi does over here, because really this is a question. This is a problem that the Akhredim address, the Minchiz Chinuch, the the Slach, the and others, they mention that they have this problem. Why is it that in the, in the count of the 613 mitzvahs of the Rambam and others, there's no mitzvah, that doesn't count, to mention Yitzhiz Mitzrayim every day? We know that we have to do that. They all say that you have to do it. But when they're counting the 613 mitzvahs, it doesn't count as one of the 248 positive mitzvahs. Oh. Why not? Right? And the Menchus and others give various suggestions of why it's not mentioned as one of the 613. Some of them do it. It's on khiyon, We don't know. So the Rebbe start again, number four, the Rebbe says, okay, whatever the reason is going to be, that is a difference. There is a, a difference in the status of a mitzvah between a mitzvah that's even even a biblical mitzvah, obviously there's a difference in the status of a rabbinic versus a biblical mitzvah. But even within biblical mitzvahs, there's a difference between a mitzvah that is counted as a six thirteen and a mitzvah that's not counted as a six thirteen. One difference that the Minhich brings is uh, a shvua, an oath. There's a principle that a person is mushba ve'ayimid Maharasina, that you can't you can't a person cannot take an oath pertaining to a mitzvah. And if he does take the oath, the oath doesn't take effect. So for example, if a person takes an oath that he's not going to put on tefillin, that oath takes no effect and he still has to put on tefillin because you already have, in the words of Chazal, in the formulation of Chazal, you already have a preceding oath which you took at Sinai that you will put on, put on tefillin. So you can't, you don't have the capacity to, to effectuate an oath that you're not going to put on tzvallim. But, what if the you know, oath includes, it's called the isur Koyal, it includes other things besides the mitzvah? So then it does take effect. So if, for example, let's talk about matzah, yeah? If a person makes an oath that I'm not going to eat matzah on the Seder night, that oath takes no effect, right? Um, because he's, what if a person makes an oath that he's never going to eat matzah? So, on three hundred and sixty-four nights of the year, that oath takes effect, because there's no mitzvah to eat matzah all those other nights. So the din is that because it takes effect on the other nights, it also takes effect on Pesach, and that person would indeed be forbidden to eat matzah on the Seder night, and he wouldn't—he it would—it's a you know—he would not be able to fulfill that mitzvah of eating matzah on the Seder night. Wait,
1: because it takes effect the rest of the year?
0: Yes. Yeah. What's that effect? That he can't eat matzah. If a person doesn't make an oath that he's never going to eat matzah, is he allowed to eat matzah today? No, he took an oath, and there's no mitzvah. There's no counter. There's no counter mitzvah. There's no mitzvah that you have to eat matzah today. Someone, you know, that he's not going to for three days. Right. So if so, so you can say something on something that is not. That right, but if, that's right. That, yeah. This is different. Because, again, if a person takes an oath that he's not going to eat matzah on the Satanite, the oath takes no effect. But if he takes an oath that he's never going to eat matzah, then it does take effect, even for the Satanites. So that's one of the differences when you have a biblical mitzvah, whether it's one of the 613 or not. If it's one of the 613, then you can't take an oath to override it unless the oath is inclusive of other, other things. But if it's not one of the 613, then the oath takes, takes, takes effect. So the point is, if a person were to take an oath that I'm not going to recount the Exodus on the seder night, it would not take effect. But if a person takes an oath that he's not going to mention Yitzhi Mitzrayim every night, it then it does take effect. Because even though he's biblically obligated to do so, but because it's not counted as one of the 613, the oath would take effect. Now we're not here to discuss the laws of oath. It's just uh, we're just trying to demonstrate that there is a substantive difference even within biblical mitzvahs between mitzvahs that are one of the six thirteen and not. Okay, so again, are, so this doesn't really give us sort of much, uh, if you will, uh, a meaningful, you know, like okay, so, so, so there isn't. Uh, we're just saying, look, the, the the substance of the mitzvah is more weighty on the night than it is year-round, okay?
1: Yeah, but I think, isn't it the same, like we were talking about Shab- uh, on Shabbos about um, the Ramban's uh, potential distinction between, uh, between tefillah being do'arais and tefillah being, being chayev. If it's one of the 613, not only are you, as it a mitzvah to do it, but you're obligated to do it. But if it's not one of the 613, it's a no, so so
0: we're going to get that to that, be... no, that that might be one of, the, related to one of the six, but not here, because even if, the Rambam clearly says that you m'chuyus yeah. to say Yes Mitzrayim every day and every night, and that's the Mishnah, we say this Mishnah in the Haggadah, everybody knows this Mishnah, but Elizabeth said, I'm like 80 years old, 70 years old, we all know the story, he was 18, and he looked like he was 70, right, and then what does he say, you have to mention Yetzirah Mitzrayim by day and by night, right, we all know that. It's not. It's not just a mitzvah. It's an obligation. But nevertheless, yeah. it's not one of the six thirteen.
1: Well, I wouldn't use that. I wouldn't use what it says in the Aggadah because that could be that, that's a Mishnah.
0: Yeah, the Le- yeah, yeah, Le- yeah, Le- Rambam Rambam, Rambam is like the Mishnah.
1: Yeah, but that could be that if you do it, you're doing a mitzvah no, every day. No, the Every day there's, no. a, every day, there's a, a mitzvah to do it. No, but you don't you're not necessarily chay No, no.
0: Of course you chay to do it.
1: Well, if the Rambam says it, then fine. But I don't, yes. see, that, I don't see it in the Mishnah. I'm saying. I don't see
0: that. I, I see that. We have, where do we see the Torah? that, you're, that Yeah.
1: are would be the same thing with these other, all these other things. So here, so have, so so to, so I don't
0: know if this is what you mean to say, but there is a svarot to be mechalek like this. We could say, look, the Torah doesn't say, thou shalt remember. It says you should do this in order to remember. So it's kind of a, so it's not a direct, a direct um, requirement. Now, that actually does tie into some of the other things we're going to discuss, so let's, let's keep that thought and, See, and get back to it. Matzah. Let's keep that thought and we'll and that get back to it. That's
1: the first day. Achilles matzah is a mitzvah every day. We have a pasuk that seems to imply that you have to do it every day. You have to eat matzah every day. But it doesn't mean that. If you eat it, it's a mitzvah. So call you Is that a plug if you, if, for my?
0: Is that a plug for my class on the topic of whether you have to eat matzah every day?
1: Say yes. Sure.
0: <laughs> okay, where's the, where could you find the class? On um,
1: YouTube. It's
0: on the Beis um, Menachem YouTube channel. On the Beis Menachem YouTube channel. There's <laughs> going to be a quiz on that class. Whoever, whoever, gets, whoever gets the quiz right will get an extra knedol on Ach and Juh Pesach. <laughs> so, but, but Ari, let's, let's keep that thought. We'll get back to it. Okay. It. Now that's a touchy topic. <laughs> Okay, let's start, let's go through this one by one. Number one, he says, that every day, the di- what's the difference between, what's the difference between the mitzvah every night and the mitzvah on Pesach? Well, the mitzvah every day, he says, perhaps you could be used to just by thinking about it, without saying it. Now, Al-Gemara clearly says differently. algamara the Gemara says that, um, that you have to, you have to verbally say, Zacher means Bepeh, that you have to verbally say, the, that Hashem took you out of Egypt, but the Rebbe brings over here the Mar that perhaps um, the Sifra would hold differently. In other words, and 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 then the will Tzadut from the perhaps you could squeeze it into our Gemara as well. A it's it's a, it's a whole thing, right? But basically, there is at least room to, room make opinion to suggest that there's no mitzvah to verbally mention Yitzchus Mitzrayim every day. It's it's good enough on a biblical level at least to um, to just think about it. Now here. This, mitzvah is the, this difference would be on a biblical level, right? I don't think anybody suggests that rabbinically there's no difference that you, that you could just think about it on the Seder night. Right? You would say that this is a rabbinic, a, a biblical difference. And on a biblical level, it may be enough... Sorry. Last of the year. Sorry, no, no, no. That, that, ah, no, no, no. This is... Yeah, sorry. Scratch out. Let's go back a second. What we're saying is that everybody would agree that you have to verbally recount the exodus on Pesach, night, Because on Pesach it says, <laughs> that you have to... means the means to recount, to tell the story, versus the rest of the year, the Torah uses the words ilman to remember. Remembering could be, at least arguably, could be something that you do it with your mind. Now, last week we said that you don't say a bracha, one of the reasons... Okay, let, let, let's, let's get back, let's do one more and we'll get back to that. And then number two was that, okay, let's grant it that you do have to say it, bedibur, every night, every day and every night, but it's enough to make a mere mention, whereas on, the, on, on Pesach night it has to be a sipur, it has to be a story. Now, when we talk about what does it mean that it has to be a story... Now, there's a lot of details that go into, in, into telling the story on, on the night. There's a lot of requirements. And we could get into a whole discussion about each one of these requirements. Is it biblical or rabbinic? So, firstly, um, you have the idea that that on the night you have to recount the story in a way that you start with the low point, with the shame, with the disgrace, and you go all the way into bishvach, the praise, the glory that comes at the end. And we actually have two ways of fulfilling this mitzvah. One is talking about the physical G'nus and Shvach, starting with that we were slaves, Avodim HaYinu, until V'Yisono Misham, that Hashem took us out of Egypt. So that's, again, you have the whole spectrum of the, 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 the ups and the down, the down and the ups. Right? And also on a spiritual level, that we say that our ancestors, referring specifically to Abraham and vino were in the beginning of his life idolaters, and say that now we have a relationship with Hashem. So again, we have both the physical and the spiritual starting from the gnus, the shame, the down all the way to Musayim Bishwach. That's a mitzvah to do on the Satanite, as explicit in the Mishnah. Whereas the rest of the year, you just say, I took you out of Egypt, we don't need the whole the whole Megillah. Yeah? The whole God. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay, that's one detail. Is Maschum B'knosu Musayim Bishwach a biblical requirement? I don't think so. Um, what's another difference? Okay, so another difference would be that um, you, have to say, you have to say the whole Haggadah, right? We discussed this in the past. The Haggadah is to take that story of a the, Ramya the, the verses from the, from which are in the Torah and Pasha's Kisavi in the Mitzvah, bringing Bikurim, bringing the first fruit to the Beis HaMikdash. And, um, and you have to unpack those verses. So we go on each word. What does it mean? They made us work really hard. We, 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 that's the, that's the, the, the bulk of the text of the Hagada is taking those four, three and a half, or four and a half verses, and going word by word. What does each word reference? Right. That's what we do in the Hagada. We say, um, uh, you know, we bring another Right. We're going and expounding every. Uh, right. We have this whole tale of Right. And that's part of the Haggadah, In the words of the Alter Rebbe, is Nuchachamim Everybody has that's in order to fulfill the mitzvah on the Seder night. You have we've discussed this in the past. In order to fulfill the mitzvah on the Seder night, you have to understand all of that, right? Again, if you go on YouTube, it's there a class unpacking with the, uh, all of the all of that. Remember, we did it with this. I do not the slide. It's just the audios on YouTube. But we did it with a slideshow a few years ago. Went through pasuk by pasuk. Now again. I, that could be included in this the difference between the night and all, all year round. The night, is a whole story, but I don't think that's a biblical difference. There's no biblical requirement to expound all those verses. Another difference, which the Rebbe actually doesn't mention explicitly over here at all. Yeah, so oh, that's, okay. a, that's yeah. another. The, there, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, there's, there's a discussion. There's two discussions. There's one discussion if women are obligated every day, and there's also another discussion about whether women are obligated on the seder nights.
2: Oh
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, Rebbe, That's in the previous kata, and The Rebbe Sagadu. The Rebbe brings a different shittas about that. Oh, okay. Um. But the Alter Rebbe Paskins, yes to both of those. Now. Everybody remember this? If you don't say these three things on the Seder night, you don't fulfill the obligation. What are the three things? Pesach, Matzah, and Right? Remember that, Steve? I
2: thought it was past
0: um, the soup. So, if you don't say Pesach, Matzah, and you don't explain the reasons why we have the hands <laughs> of the carbon Pesach, why we eat mor, why we eat Matzah, you don't fulfill the mitzvah of recounting the Exodus, right? Now there also the Ran says the Rebbe quotes later in the Haggadah, and um, that that doesn't that 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 means you weren't yotzah Kuroi. It doesn't mean that on a biblical level you're not to the mitzvah. It means you didn't fulfill the mitzvah the way Chazal instituted it. If you don't expound on those three things, fair enough. Now if you want to read a little bit more into the, I mean the Rebbe Hagada is very meduyuk and succinct, like. Why does the Rebbe not mention that here? And perhaps because the Rebbe is trying to only bring things that could be at least arguably biblically mandated on the Seder night. In which case, well, some of these other things we really have to figure out how that could be. Um, I'm gonna. I think I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna get into that right now. I'm just trying to tickle your brains a little bit to see how many differences we could actually find that would at least arguably be a biblical difference between the Seder night and year round. Finally, there's another thing, which again, the Rebbe does not bring explicitly, but could be included in this general distinction that we're making that the rest of the year you just mention it and here you have to elaborate. And that is that that a person is obligated, even after the Seder, a person is obligated to be engaged in studying the laws of Pesach or the Exodus, you know, that whole genre until, until he... Until so he's grabbed by sleep, until he can't keep his eyes open, right? So you, you go. That's all. That's your. That's your activity for the Seder night. Now we don't find such a thing on on, on Sipi, uh, the rest of the year. What? I just said.
2: Drink.
0: Do you sleep? You have four cups until you sleep. Now, going back to what we said last week, we said we don't make one of the reasons we don't make a bracha is because you yotze with a mere man. Me- <laughs> It's kind of mutually exclusive. On the one hand, we're saying you don't make a bracha because you're with a mere mention. And on the other hand, we said you don't make a bracha because you're interrupting with eating and drinking and you don't fulfill the mitzvah until the end of the night. In which case, well, like we explained last week, you could say, well, there's two questions. One question is why you don't say the bracha, why you don't say bracha on the biblical mitzvah. And another question is why you don't say the bracha on the rabbinic mitzvah. So it could be the biblical mitzvah, your Yetzel with a mere mention but there's also rabbinic mitzvah to say the whole Haggadah, and for that we don't say, right, so maybe maybe, maybe that could be a, a possible explanation, right? Again, why don't you say a bracha on the biblical mitzvah, because the biblical mitzvah you wrote, so with a mere mention, and you already did that in Shema, in Kadesh, etc. Either rabbinic mitzvah is to say the whole Haggadah, but the rabbinic mitzvah is to say the whole Hagada, including the part after you're eating and drinking, including the Hallel, and including the Ajat HaTzfei and including the rest of the night, the more and more engagement as we'll see soon, in simple Yitzhah Mitzrayim, now that is something you can't say a because you're interrupting with the eating and drinking. So, that's something that's starting to take form in my mind, and I'll repeat it again soon, when we have more information, and it will be packaged a little bit better. Now, then he says, number three, some say that on Pesach, there is an obligation to say the story of the Exodus as a response to a question. Now, there could be three ways to, under, to, 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 say, to understand this. The Torah says, Torah says the mitzvah is to tell your son the story. And we know that we don't just want to tell the son the story, we want the son to ask. We spoke about this uh, two weeks ago about karpas, yeah? You want to you do things, you want to engage them, you want them to ask the questions. And we even have the four sons, right? If the son asks you a question, then you answer him. What do you do if he doesn't ask you a question? You don't just tell him the story. You, you tell him that you've got to ask, right? We want the kid to say understand, we want the kid to ask. Now, so the, 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 there could be three, three ways to understand this. The most extreme way to understand it is that the mitzvah on the Seder night is to answer your son's question. And if your son doesn't ask you a question, or if you don't have a son, or if you don't have a son who's with you, then there is no mitzvah, at least on a biblical level. Right? That would be the most extreme way of understanding of understanding uh, this mitzvah, that it has to be said as an answer to a question of your son, that is the mitzvah of the Satanite. The biblical mitzvah of the Satanite is answer your son's question. And if you don't have a son, or your son doesn't ask a question, or yeah, or whatever, there's no mitzvah, at least on a biblical level. Sounds far fetched, right? You don't like that? Yeah,
1: it's that. Um,
0: sounds, I, mean, I don't have an
1: argument against it, but
0: yeah, it sounds far fetched. Sounds far fetched. Anybody else agree that that sounds far fetched? Steve, you think that sounds far fetched? Why don't you know? What do you think? Do you think it sounds? It also goes against
1: the implications you get from the
2: Agada.
0: Steve, I want you to know. I want you to know what you think.
2: Can you rephrase the question?
0: We're making an argument here that the mitzvah on Pesach night to recount the Exodus is to tell your son the story. And we're suggesting that if a person doesn't have a son celebrating Pesach with him, then he doesn't have such mitzvah, then there's no mitzvah to tell the story of the exodus. Either your son asks you and then you have a mitzvah to tell him Avodim know," or there's no mitzvah. I'm asking you if that sounds reasonable to you.
2: I know. What if, what if there are three generations there? There's a son, father, and grandfather. Okay. Do, do, do you do two seders so that you, uh, so each son, each father uh, accomplishes the mitzvah?
0: Okay. Yeah. M- maybe. Mm-hmm. and, and, and also, We shouldn't dismiss anything. Let, let's think about mm-hmm. that. Let's think about that. So Steve, what, say, so Steve is saying... One second. I want to unpack what Steve is saying. Steve is suggesting, that, look, if you have a grandfather, the father, and the son, so this, the, 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 the father has the obligation to answer his son, mm-hmm. and the grandfather has the obligation to answer his son. Well... You're saying two seders, that sounds a bit weird. You know, well, we don't do that, but we do do that, right? What do you do when you have a grandfather, right? Who says Manishtana? When you have a grandfather, father, and a son, who's going to say Manishtana? The, grandson. the grandson's going to say it, and the, son, the father's also going to say it. <clears throat> now, we could say, look, the main requirement is only for one person to say. <clears throat> And then you've a- answered. Now that was, you're jumping ahead a bit, because I, was, I remember I said there's three possible ways to, I, think I just said the most extreme way. The middle way is to say that you have to answer somebody's question, it doesn't have to be your son. As long as the, as long as the question is asked by anybody, now I can fulfill my, my mitzvah by answering him. Right. So maybe that would be sort of the middle ground way, look, the grandfather, doesn't matter who's asking if it's your son, if it's your grandson, if it's your friend... But as long as somebody's asking the question, if you're sitting in the Seder night all by yourself, then there's no mitzvah. Okay, so that's a, that's, a, that's a middle way, yeah?
2: Isn't a
0: grandson or
2: granddaughter considered your son? Yes, that's
0: true, and it comes specifically actually because we're associating this with the laws of teaching Torah. And we know in the Mishnah in Kedushin says that teaching Torah, and the Mishnah and Kedushin says that a person is obligated to teach his grandchild Torah as well. Right. Now, one, sec- no, one second, one second, Ari, Ari, one second. I wanna, I wanna. I'm still busy with with Steve's comments. Um, yeah, I mean,
1: he got me thinking about something. <laughs> he got me thinking too. He got, thinking got me thinking too.
0: The grandfather. <laughs> you wanna hear a funny question, Steve? Here, here's a funny question. This was, uh, this is quoted Shem Reb Mishon David Soloveitchuk of Brisk of, of Rosh Hashim, passed away about a year, just a year or two, just over a year ago. He has a question like this. So you you framed it okay. You have a grandfather, a father, a father, and a son. He says, "What if you have um, an Israeli son whose father from Chutzlaretz is coming to visit him in Israel?" So the father has to do a second seder night because he's American, and the son it's chalimayit for him. So on the second seder night, is this? Do we say, "Well, the father has the mitzvah to tell his son, so you better sit in at his seder and ask the question." <laughs> or do you say no, you know, you have a mitzvah to tell your son. as far as your son is concerned, it's not, say the night anymore, so there's no mitzvah.:
1: His son is the Hat shomitzvah. mitzvah. Oh
0: <laughs> Very good. But, I'm but again but, I'm but sure. but if I'm, if, again if to get back if I'm to get back to the thing, again, the, the question is, the question I'm asking at you is, can we suggest that there is only a mitzvah to recount the exodus if your son asks you? So you're saying, well, what are you going to do if you have a father and a grandfather? Okay, well, let's take this to its logical conclusion. Let's think about it. Like we have to be open to all options. And again, not all the options that we could discuss are going to be halacha how we pass it, but it could be one of the opinions out there. We have to we have to be able to 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 be open to, to different to different ideas. So to me, when I heard this, like, oh, come on, like, that's, that, that, that it just doesn't resonate to say that there's only a mitzvah to recount the Exodus if you have a son asking you questions. And we'll see soon that I was probably right. That, that, that is extreme. But there is one source that would seem to, to fit in nicely. Last week we discussed, why don't you say a brach on the story of the Exodus? And one of the answers, which I don't remember if we explicitly discussed last week or not, is brought from the Tshuvasarosh. Tshuvasarosh, okay, that's a very. Not, not, not the Besamim Reish, the actual Tshuvasarosh, which the Rosh himself did, in fact, write. And um, he says a very strange thing. He says, You know why you don't say a bracha on the, on the, on the, on the mitzvah of the Exodus? <coughs> Let me find this.
1: When you ask whether this is reasonable, You know, in logic, you have like what's called reductio ad absurdum. So then what would this mean? It would mean, let's say, I grew up in my parents' home. Then I go to yeshiva. Now I am no longer, because I'm in yeshiva, my father is no longer obligated because I left. And I'm not obligated because I don't have children yet. I mean, so it's like only this very small window where the mitzvah is actually, it
0: just... Or maybe your father would be obligated to pay for you to come home.
1: Yeah, but let's say, I, let's say, let's say, uh, let's say I don't come. So, yeah. I mean, it's just, it just, if you bring this to its logical conclusion, there's a very narrow set of people in, in a very narrow amount of circumstance that would be obligated to. You know.
0: Okay. Let me read to you a Shuvah Sarash and tell me what you think it is. Shuvah Sarash says, one second. Come on, where is it? The rabbi quotes it, he quotes it, everybody quotes this to us. Now I can't find it. <coughs> oh, no. Oh, here it is. Here we go. You asked why we don't say a bracha in recounting the haggadah. There are many things which Hashem commanded to do. Um, to recall the Exodus, we don't say a bracha on them. For example, if you have cattle, there's a mitzvah to separate the firstborn uh, animals. Why do you separate the firstborn animals? It reminds you of Mark's B'chayrus. All the Yomim Taivim, Shvu'ah, Sukkah, Shabbos, everything is there. We say in Kiddush every Friday night, we say we do Shabbos, yeah? when you separate your firstborn sheep you don't have to say I'm doing this why not the commanded us to do this deed to separate firstborn sheep automatically you're going to remember your you don't need to say that that's what you're doing and you don't have to actually say it if somebody asks you you um, you respond. Or if your son asks him, doesn't say his son, or somebody asks him. So, at face value, this is a very strange rush. He's somehow saying that you don't say Barach on the Haggadah because it's not really about saying it, it's about remembering it. And um, just like you don't say explicitly when you separate your sheep, firstborn sheep, that is, it's is Zeichel Really? Separating sheep is like saying the Haggadah? if somebody asks you, respond to him. But right, it seems like the Rosh is understanding that at least on a biblical level, the mitzvah is to be focused on the exodus on on the night of Pesach. Because you focus on the exodus, you're going to eat matzah and drink wine and then lean and recline and do all the things. And then obviously, it goes without saying, that if somebody's going to ask you, what are you doing? You're going to tell them what you're doing. But the mitzvah is to do it and to express it, not just... To not to say it. So here, here we have already a source in the shining perhaps, and another very prominent source for this is the, the beer of the rip The Rippa is, the Rebbe also quotes this over here, the rip is a very important commentary to the Seif HaMitzvah of the Asag, and he says that on a biblical level, there's no Mitzvah to recount the Exodus if your son doesn't ask you. And he says, uh, he says, I, he asks the other way around, he says, I, the Yershami and the Zedah, God to talk about the fourth son, and the fourth son is that if he doesn't ask, you tell him anyway. Says the Rebbe no, that's an asmachta, and asmachta means that it's something that's alluded to in the Pasuk, but it doesn't actually qualify as a biblical mitzvah. Because mm-hmm. in a biblical level, biblical level, there's no four sons, there's only three sons. Depending on the nature of the question, that's how you word your answer to him. But if there's no question... Just eat your matzah and go to sleep. Again, it sounds it sounds sounds quite extreme, but the, the, it's yeah, pretty but much not, explicit. in... in, in the, the, the one who says it explicitly is the Perla, who's a very prominent uh, authority.
1: Yeah, but he's not saying you're 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 not in the, kind of the mitzvah if you decide to force the issue.
0: No, he's not saying that. But he's saying that if you don't have a son at your table, there's no biblical mitzvah. That'll, yeah.
1: Like, it, I, well, that goes back
0: to, you're not necessarily Thai. Yeah. On a biblical level, of course, the Abonin, you are. He's not arguing no, that no, no, you... No, no, but
1: even the Raysa, your Mechayim, yeah. Sipri Yitzis, Mitzrayim, by... It would be similar to Tzitzis, or like, let's say, for example.
0: I don't know. No. If you,
1: if you do something in order to make it that, you're, that you did it in some way...
0: No. Like, according to him, you would have to make that your son asks a question. That's why, and, and, and according so you're to him, by, let's
1: say you're by, yourself by the what? way,
0: according to him, it makes a lot more sense why we're going so out of our way to do all these weird things to get the children to ask. Why are we so focused on the children asking? Just tell him. So why do you have to ask? Shadi Day you tell him. Why do you have to get him to ask? According to him, it makes a lot of sense why you want him to ask, because if he doesn't ask, then you're downgraded to a rabbinic mitzvah. And by the way, Steve, in your scenario of the grandfather and the thing, what we would do in practice would also have to take into account what the rabbinic implications are. We're talking about stripping it down to the biblical mitzvah, what the mitzvah is.
2: But wouldn't that take precedence
1: on anything? Anyway? Anything, right? The Deraisa should. Yes. No. So instead of just saying it or whatever, and then the, the, only the grandson's going to say manishtana, Ma we should like, okay, first you to him, and then you to him, you know what I mean? If you really, you have a choice between the Rabban and Deraisa, you want to make sure you're the kind of the derisa.
0: It's just really, <laughs> yeah. Okay, one second. Let's move on. Others, others say, okay, hey, the, 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 the so there's basically two other opinions which you could, if you go through the different rishonim, you'll see one is one is seems to say this explicitly that the, the mitzvah is to answer a question. It doesn't have to be your son's question, but it has to be question and answer. And then finally, you have. <laughs> the Rambam says who you have to ask yourself which means that even if you're sitting by yourself at the Seder and we're now assuming that you do have a biblical Mitzvah to recount the exodus the Mitzvah is to ask yourself the question and to answer it in in um, In the sefer, the rabbi suggests that he, first of all, he brings in the footnote. What's the what, what's the, what, what's the value of questions? So he says, you know, we always know that asking questions sharpens you, right? When you're when you're challenged, now you're now you're sort of forced to, to think deeper and to, to come up with 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 more creativity in in responding to the issue, right? So. Questions are always invoke more clarity and depth. Um, the Gemara brings... So the Rebbe quotes it, two things. The Gemara says, when Moshe Rabbeinu was looking for judges to appoint, he says he was looking for Chacham and What's the difference between Chacham and Novin? So the Gemara says, it's like the difference between a Shulchani or basically two type of currency exchanges. One of them who is just sitting there and if you bring him money, he'll, he'll change a you, and otherwise he's just... Twiddling his thumbs or saying to Helen and then you have the other guy who if you bring him you bring him if you're not he's going to go out looking for business opportunities and right? he's looking to invest look, right? he, are you looking are you compla- complacent or are you looking to be challenged to be able to, to find the solution and the, the rabbi says this lends a deeper understanding to an often phrase in the Gemara you have you know the Gemara says so and so asked the, the, the following question and then he answered it himself well, if he answered it himself, so why is he questioning the answer? just got straight to the point. But no, the Gemara is trying to demonstrate this point that sometimes com- the, the process of coming to the truth involves being able to ask yourself questions. Mm-hmm. So, and this, Ari, last week you made this comment. The Rambam and the Alter say that the mitzvah of... Okay, so we all know that the mitzvah of this Edi night is not just to tell the story that happened once, but we emphasize that we, that we, we are affected by the exodus. If Hashem hadn't taken us out, we would still be slaves for, for para, to Paro. Now, currently, Hashem is bringing us close to His service, right? Now, the Rambam and Al-Tarebbe say that the mitzvah of this night is to do everything derecheros, to do everything in a way of. Uh, um, ...freedom and royalty and, and, and you know aristocracy, aristocracy. okay, but they use this curious words where they say not just the normal, the, the typical mm-hmm. phrase that we say, ...a person should see himself as coming out of Egypt, but rather they say to, to show, to demonstrate himself, to be showing to others that you're doing this Zech HaRassi's time. So that matches up over here, that just like when you're reclining, it's not just about yourself reclining, but it's about putting on a show to the to the world around you. Look what's going on, I'm experiencing freedom and exodus. So the same as true with the questions. It's not just, I'm going to really be engaging of you, I'm not just going to tell you the story, I'm going to get you to ask me the question to tell you the story. So much so that even when there's no one else at the table, I have to find the other within myself to ask the question to. I have to become, I, I, I now become the schizophrenic, I have to serve these, this double person of being the questioner and the answer, and I have to sort of find these two elements within myself, here's the part of me that identifies with this, here's the part of me that's curious to understand more, and get them to communicate with each other.
1: Mm-hmm. Internal dialogue.
0: Right. That's the mitzvah.
1: So this sheet is still saying, right, that you, there has to be a
0: question and answer. So there has to be a question and answer. Either we're going to say, look, the question and answer it has to be specifically to your son, and that's the difference between, back to, well, back to the framework of our discussion today, that's the difference between the Seder night and year round. Or, at least on the Seder night, it has to be um, an answer to someone's question, if not your son, then someone else. Or, it has to be the answer to your own question, at least.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, Steve, what do you do when there's a grandfather and a father and a son? I'm going to tell you an even bigger Kiddush. What do you do if there's no grandfather and a father and a son? There's just a father and a son. Who says Manishtana? Steve, the son. Steve says the son says Manishtana. Anybody else? Who says Manishtana when it's just you and your son? Who says it? Ah. Huh? Oh. Both. Yaakov uh, says both. Anybody else? Bill.
2: Either
0: one. Either you say either one. No. <laughs> All right, we gotta spice this up. No one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> Now, okay. So we all know that there's this this big emphasis on asking questions and the children asking, and we we give them all sorts of card parts and all sorts of other stuff to to, to to invoke their curiosity. Okay, listen to the Rambam. They pour again. The Rambam is basically paraphrasing the Mishnah, but he adds some words. They pour the second cup. We can have a an child, and now the child is going to ask. What's he going to ask? Maneshdana, right? Okay, If the father, if the child doesn't have the the knowledge or the understanding to ask, his father teaches him. Anybody heard of that before? That if the son doesn't have the knowledge to ask, the father teaches him? That's the fourth of the four sons, right? Any day Then you tell him, okay. That's what he teaches him, right? So the Rambam has said, the Rambam is saying that and even if the kid doesn't, first of all, the kid asks. Even if the kid doesn't ask, there's two ways to understand the fourth son. The fourth son, what's the words in the Haggadah? If he doesn't know how to ask you, you open up the conversation with him, to him, with him. I think Vegad got Now, we saw the rib said, no, that's just an asmachta. If the son doesn't ask of his own accord, there's no mitzvah. Now, what are you telling him? How do you understand that? If the child doesn't ask, you answer you tell him. What do you tell him? Now you could say you just tell him the exodus. The saying, no, you teach him to ask. You've got to get the kid to ask. So either he's asking, or if he doesn't ask, you tell him, Ask me Manishtana. that's what we all do. We all said already three weeks before Pesach. Our kids are coming home from school practicing Manishtana. Why? Because we need them to say Manistana, we need them to ask the question.
2: If Torah is
1: so insisting about that, why isn't the pasuk "and your son shall ask"? Not that
0: you got to come. It, that got to come well, that gets back into the whole question of what we are when you're in Israel, right? There's is going to be for you, right? Um well, you'll probably be oh, doing the one Torah day, yeah.
2: You know, pasuk should be when your son asks. Not well,
0: passage. maybe because maybe it's your mitzvah, and, and the son is just the chefter, right?
1: But some of the psukim imply the kids asking,
0: right? Yeah, kiyashal chabinchah machalema That's the chacham. One second. The it is. Yeah, it is. boy. Oh, right. So you have like different kinds of children.
1: I'm
0: sorry, what I just said to you was the not the Rambam, that was the Mishnah. Now the Rambam. Sorry, what what I just said to you was the Mishnah, okay? The Rambam. Usually, I pull up the Rambam on my phone, but now I'm using my phone to record. So, I need. Does anybody have a Rambam on their phone? we have You have a Rambam, or maybe we could just get a safer. I'll just get a safer. Hold on. Yeah. I could even pause the video. So, so we, we've just we've read the Mishnah, right? Now let's see how the Rambam. What's going on here? How the Rambam says that Mishnah. This is in chapter, in the laws of chametz Matzah, chapter 8, halacha 2. He says like this. we pour the second cup. ben Shail, and now the son, asks. What does he ask? Question. Okay, he asks a question, fine. and the korei says, who's the korei? Is the is the, the reader, the one leading, the, reading the Haggadah. The Qairi says, Manishthana halalaz amikala leilish, amikala leilish, drram. We're saying everything. Wow. Oh, the wow. Taimanim the do like the Rambam, right? The one leading the Haggadah says Manishthana. Hold on, your son's already asked you Manishthana. Why are you saying Manishthana?
1: Wait, the kid, the kid
0: didn't. So, ben Shoyal, the son asks, the Oymer Haqqairi and the one reading the Haggadah says Manishthana. That's weird, right? But that, And by the way, that's Chabad custom also. Chabad custom is that everybody everybody on the table says manishana You don't have to say it loud. You can say it quietly. But everybody has to say the Manishtana.
1: So the kid the kid asks manishana The kid asks these questions. It doesn't say what he asks. The kid he, asks. And then you read the Manishtana.
0: same potentially. Right.
1: You don't go, oh, you know what? The kid asks all the perfect questions. He happens to ask all the questions in manishana. We're, anyway, we're going to say manishana because the reader has to. Pay. But then
2: everybody asks, well, what was the question? <laughs> so what's the what's oh, the reason for the clar- Is it a clarification? Mm-hmm. Is it to make sure that everybody heard the question? The kid said it in Yiddish. I understand.
0: But I'm arguing that no, the reason why the person him the, the the leader has to say the that I, I say no, is because there is. It goes back to what we said before. For the same reason you say Manishtana when you're alone. Why do you say Manishtana when you're alone? Because when you ask yourself the question, the answer is more powerful. Mm. And perhaps there's something in, yes, you have to educate your son, you have to teach your son Mm. Manishtana, but you also have to educate yourself, Mm. (laughs) right? You've also got to educate yourself and be able to find that part of yourself which needs to be uplifted and, and 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 responded to
1: very interesting you get really homiletic with this because you could, besides saying that there's that internal dialogue of these two aspects of yourself you get somewhat psychological and say that there's an aspect of my of myself that's still childlike still still trying to learn and curious and then there's the adult, even no matter how old I get, I always have those two parts of myself and they're supposed to be in that dialogue. I'm constantly growing as a person, asking my child self trying to grow into my adult self.
0: Exactly. I think that's I think that's I think that's absolutely the point that we're making here that even that that. and not only that, there ever brings here a very strange Geers in the Mechilta, but it seems to be the correct Gears in the Mechilta, that says only <laughs> as if to say that even even when you're with others, and even when are with yourself, you still have to say Banishtana. And it's kind of saying, like, you, you got to treat yourself like you treat the others. <laughs> hmm. So in response to your question, what do you do when there's a grandfather, father, and son? Yes, all three of them should say Banishtana. Hmm. First question
2: is that you have to repeat the seder for
0: each? Well, you have to repeat the whole Seder, but you have to repeat the question of the Seder, yeah? This year I'm going to do
1: like the tibet. what Which you do anyway, well, there's some more stuff yeah. right there,
0: and I have a joke a little bit <laughs> on it. <laughs> it's happened to me, you know. What? I guess you Manistano, know, the you know, we have we give you know the one of the kids you who's know,
2: ten years old, not that. Uh, 10.
1: Give him, and he says,
2: Manistana in Arabic." Here's the answer. See, here's the exact same answer. I just can't. And I did it several
0: times, you know. I was in Lincolnwood, they invited me, you know, some friends, you know, to come and it was the whole family was there. So they were talking blah, blah, blah. And they asked me, you know Arabic? I speak Arabic. I said, yes. You understand? I said, yes. So just, can you say something? <laughs> I was like years you ago. should. Of you girls, they were like, whoa. <laughs> so they asked me, "What do you say?" So I said, "I <laughs> understand." <laughs> Yaakov could do that for Yiddish. Next time somebody asks you if you know Yiddish, say hey, fluently. Us <laughs> is Adish and Achton Pesach. But you know what? But but you know. But but why talk? You know. Let, let, let's go. Why is that this emphasis? Why do we say the Banishhthana in Yiddish and in, in Arabic and, and all this, right? And by the way, there's some some of those who say songs at the end of the Haggadah, there are certain many families who have traditions to say the say the songs in German or whatever their wherever their family comes from. Because there's this very strong emphasis on the night. I've gotta to speak to <laughs> I've gotta to speak to myself. I gotta make sure this is in my language. Right? Why am I saying it again, th- why am I saying it in Yiddish Arabic? Why am I saying it in English? Why are you saying it in English? Because I don't want to just read this and kind of sort of know what I'm talking about. I want to make sure that me, the, the, the very, the, the, the child in me, the adult in me, however exactly you want to relate to it, really gets this. It would have been a much
2: shorter conversation if you would have
0: started with that fact? Which fact?
2: that the person who's leading the Seder, everybody reads my now
0: anyway. Well, I, I said that that's our custom and that's the implication of the Rambam. It's certainly not the normative understanding of the process and not what the Mishnah says. It's a Chiddush. I
1: don't, I don't say much. If like, the kid says it, I go on to the next part. So, uh, maybe
0: the, yeah, maybe well, says, this year you'll know, this this do like the
1: manim and I'm going to do like the like mm-hmm. Chabad. So you're saying that you're Haggadah this year. You're keeping Chol your
0: v'Yisrael.
2: You
1: should. I, you don't. He doesn't seem to say it. I mean, uh, Maxwell a, House. What do you mean? Well, you know, the kid has. <laughs> right? and then it's a, no, Maxwell House says that he, the youngest kid on the table.
0: That's, right? Is that awesome. what I think so look, we, yeah, have, we, have, like, uh, we have the Rambam, we have the Rip Pillow, we have the Maxwell House. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we a good cup of coffee there. I mean, or at least a
2: cup of coffee.
0: <laughs> All right. Um, okay, then we have this idea. Okay, so the number five, number four we discussed already, number five, we have this idea that, um, so the Mishnah says that you have to recount the story, <laughs> whether or not the mitzvah to recount the excess every day will still apply in the times of Mashiach, or then we'll, we'll recount the coming of Mashiach, we won't need to talk about the excess, but the night, the, the, the night will still remain. And then finally, the rabbi says, the mitzvah is kol halaylo. The mitzvah is the whole night. Now, when you say the mitzvah is the whole night, what does that mean? So you have your bare, and again, I, I'm keeping straddling these two sides over here. Are we talking here rabbinically or biblically? Okay. But you have the bare minimum, the bare minimum mitzvah. The, the, the minimum of the mitzvah has a measurable quantity. You have to think about it, you have to mention it, you have to mention it with a story. But even the rabbinic mitzvah, with, every, with all the details that it entails has a recipe, and once you've done that, you've, quote, done the mitzvah, right? What is that recipe? Okay, it has to be a response to a question. It has to be have the, the, the start from the down point and go up, all the way up to the high point. It has to expound the verses of Vidavi. Those four verses from the bringing the first fruit, it to expound those. You have to say, Pesach Matzol Marer. And once you've done that, you've done that. You're done. You've done the mitzvah. What's left after that? Two things. Number one, that you have to be you know, until you fall asleep. For most of us, we've already fallen asleep before we finished. Right? But now we're adding a new thing, now, doesn't mean, the way I understand it, doesn't mean that you're, nobody, nobody says you're obligated to stay up all night. Again, okay, Others say, yeah, we, we take a fine in the story in the Haggadah, that they were sitting in Bnei Brak until they came, the students came and told them that it's time for the morning Shema. So there is precedent for literally staying up the whole night, but nobody says that you're obligated to stay up the whole night. I think what we are saying is that if you do so, it's a mitzvah, Ari. And this ties into what you were talking about, the Ramban, with tefillah. Um, l- let's give a more basic example. Tzedakah. Tzedakah is a biblical mitzvah. How much tzedakah do you have to give? 20%. Ten percent, twenty percent. Okay, there's different things. How much you have to give? What if a person gives more than that? If a person, person made a million dollars, he gave, he gave, sorry, he gave two hundred thousand to tzedakah, so he's given twenty percent. He's done, right? And then he has eight hundred thousand dollars left. He's feeling generous, and uh, he finds a poor person on the street. Let's say the poor person doesn't ask him for money, because then it's another whole question. Yeah, nobody asks him for anything. He sees, oh. You look like a guy who could do within $1,000. He gives him $1,000, and the guy is now able to go and buy himself food for Pesach. Did he fulfill a biblical mitzvah of giving tzedakah? I think the answer is obvious that he did. Even though he wasn't mukhrib, He wasn't obligated, he had already given enough money to fulfill the biblical mitzvah of giving tzedakah. If you give more tzedakah, you have more mitzvah. Yeah. Arya was arguing that the same thing is true for, the, um, for, for davening. That he... The, there's a biblical mitzvah to daven once a day, according to the Rambam. Only at a time of distress, according to the Ramban. But whenever you do choose to daven, like we daven at least three times a day, in so doing, you're fulfilling a biblical mitzvah. Steve, you look confused. Yeah,
2: but what's the difference between that concept and the idea that we can't add to the
0: Torah? You can't add to the Torah. Oh, you can't add. So there's some mitzvahs. I guess the difference basically would be, is it more of the same or is it an additional one? So, for example, adding to the total would be making five corners with five tzitzis. That would be adding. So how
2: do you know the difference?
0: Um, it sounds like some do, you can add
2: and some you can't. Right. How
0: do you exactly define the difference? It's a, it's a good question. on every door? Oh, very good question. So, so, so <laughs> <laughs> excellent question. And exactly how to define the Isra of Baal of adding is a, is a difficult question, and I'll, 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 I'll make your question even better. I think everybody would agree that if I were to put two mezuzahs, one on top of each other, that would be beltasif. That's like having five titsis or five parchments in your tefillin or something like that, right? It happens very often. I do a lot of mezuzah stuff, right? It happens very often that in any given doorway there would be a doubt and often two opinions as to which side you should put the mezuzah on. My porch. Right. Right? Okay. right.
1: They win some Exactly, there you go. It's all these different opinions.
0: I, 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 would vow, I would venture to say that everybody in this room has a door, at least one door in the house where we could have two opinions. Right? Okay. So why don't you just do both? Why not? They're mutually exclusive. The mezuzah has to be on the right side. So if, if, if this is the right side, so that mezuzah is not, that just for show. If that's the right side, the other mezuzah is just for show. So why do you do it on both sides? Some, Not only that, what? Because it's expensive. Chesky is saying that some people say do it. I've never seen it done in practice. I've, and I, I'm pretty sure it's... Uh, what? Come closer, don't... The... don't now, now, you. now I'll, 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 if you want to hear even more, um, I have a teacher, actually. This is Just passed away, a young man. I in Paris from London. He, every day after Shachris, would take off his tefillin and put tefillin on again on the other hand, because he was uh There are certain cases where there's machleikas, if you consider it a righty or a lefty. And within Chabad, specifically, there are certain cases which seem to be a machleikas between the Alter rebbe and the Tzedek, so both uh, Chabad authorities. So there are those who do both. Now, again, you can't do both. They don't do both at the same time. They don't do where tefillin on both hands. You do one, then you take it off and do the other one. Why? The two are mutually exclusive. Just put on on both hands, and uh, you'd have to balance your jacket. <laughs> yeah, put on on both hands, and uh, it's either one or the other. The, the real one you is only on my head. left hand. Whichever one is my left hand. No, head. both Rashi. But anyway, I'm just uh, sort of well, spicing that's up that's the conversation a bit. But I, yes, I, you're uh, right. There, there does seem to be, if you look in Encyclopedia Talmudis. Um, in the, in, under the, under the entry of Baltasif, he does try, I don't remember what he says, but I do remember reading it that he does try to sort of give some clear definitions. But there does, certainly, Machlaikus there does, there is certain, there, there is absolutely um, areas of ambiguity as to exactly how Baltasif does and doesn't apply. But we're talking here about. Certain mitzvahs, it seems to be obvious, and I'm struggling to find what the exact definition of this is. That the mitzvah of the Torah is this is how much you have to do, but more would be, is more mitzvah, not another, not an additional mitzvah. Another example, by it's the way. Is like
2: beautifying right? if you have an opportunity to beautify a mitzvah? Like, well, here it's
0: not beautify it's giving more tzedakah. The Torah tells I you. Know, I
2: think, but is it a similar concept? Like, you can buy the cheap row, you can buy the expensive best You're still doing the mitzvah right,
0: but... Possibly. So. I'll give you another an example, just to throw another one into the mix, to, to have more things to think, uh, think about. Hanukkah There's a mitzvah in the Torah that you have to give, when you have a... if you have a Jewish slave, when he's finished his term, you have to give him Hanukkah, you have to give him gifts. So that is the minimum how much you have to give. But there the Torah almost explicitly says, Kifi that the more, the, more, the, the more you are able to give him, the better. So... So um, uh, That's a different question. Talking about a Jewish slave.
1: Yeah. Wouldn't this be also true with Talmud Torah?
0: Technically, in order to fulfill your
1: chiyuv of Talmud Torah, there's a minimal amount. No, the mitzvah is... No, even
0: that... If you don't have time.
2: So technically... Basically, you have to, to,
0: you have to learn as that. much Torah as you have time for.
2: So you're saying that there are opportunities to, to extend the extents, uh, extend the, gosh, late. Um, the mitzvah of the Seder to make it more beautiful or to make it more of a mitzvah, more intensified, That's by how staying up all night. It's an opportunity, but it's not an obligation. Exactly. And what other things...
0: But one the, the, well, exactly. second, the point that the, just to tie this up, just to tie up the loose ends of it the point the Rabbi is making over here is that that mitzvah doesn't apply all year round we don't find year round that you say Shema, you, say, you mention the Exodus but if you talk about the Exodus more, it's more mitzvah the mitzvah is to mention it every night, every day and every night on Pesach there is not an obligation but an opportunity well put, to continue the discussion throughout the night until the morning now, here's a right? Now, just, 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 I want to get back to that, but I just want to finish off over here. I'm still... Okay, let's... Let, let, I, I want to try and see where we're up to with this question that we had at the end of last week. We're asking, we're saying that the biblical mitzvah... Why don't you say a bracha? So the biblical mitzvah, you don't say a bracha because you're already in Kiddush. So that's assuming that all of these details that we've been saying, that you have to, do, to be an answer to a question, and it has to be Pesach Matzomor, and it has to be arami Yevidovi, and ibn and and all of these things, those are all rabbinic. For the biblical mitzvah, it's enough a mere mention, which you've already done in Shema, or you've already done it in Kiddush, Eber that's it. You've done the biblical mitzvah. Now the question is, why don't you say a bracha on the rabbinic mitzvah? So we're saying something like this. Look, there's the bare minimum of the rabbinic mitzvah, which is basically the whole Haggadah. Uh, more or less, okay, yenu is not part of it, but most of the Haggadah is included in the bare minimum. It has to be, again, it has to be an answer to the question, it has to be a Ramideh V'dovi, Basach all those things. But, you're then going to interrupt with eating and drinking, which is Shulchan Erech, and then you're going to continue the mitzvah. How are you continuing the mitzvah? Well, possibly because what are you doing afterwards? You're having the third cup, you're having the fourth cup. What, 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 is the, you're reclining, what are you reclining about? You're reclining to demonstrate to others that I'm Ben Khairin. I'm answering their unspoken question. I'm still engaged. Kol Alayla the whole night until the morning. I'm still engaged, even after I finished the text of the Haggadah and I'm now permitted to go to sleep. But I'm still sitting at the seder table. We're still singing Chagodio. We're still saying Hallel. We're still, um, um, Yakov. We're still saying Hallel. We're still. Um, we're still reclining. We're still showing others, demonstrating. We're still engaged in this more broad-sweeping activity. But somehow we're still... So, so we have a little bit more flesh and bones here, but we're still somehow arguing that it's different than Tkiah Shoefer. That Tkiah you also have the mitzvah to say the 30 koilus and then you have the additional opportunity, let's call it. It's perhaps even more than opportunity, but additional opportunity to blow the shofar, I'll say, the throughout the throughout musaf, And yet... We say a bracha just on the 30 kailas. Here, the biblical, here the difference is going to be because the biblical mitzvah is just a mere mention. Your question is why you're not saying a bracha on the the rabbinic mitzvah? The rabbinic mitzvah has to include everything. It has to include reclining for the fourth cup. It has to include, after you've put all the kids to bed, reading another passage from... uh, Jonathan Sachs or David Foreman, <laughs> that nice. was for you, Ari, <laughs> um, on that's, the Haggadah. That's,
1: that's a
0: Seder. And, that's, and that's so much part of the mitzvah to the extent that you can't separate it from the main text of the Haggadah that you read before, and therefore you can't say a bracha on that text. I think that's a tremendously powerful statement. <laughs> All right, that's what I've got. Steve, what were you saying?
2: Well, I think you
0: answered, you answered Oh, perfect. I answered all your questions. What are we going to do on the Seder night? <laughs> Hopefully by then you'll come up with so, more questions.
1: Rabbi Zweig is a big believer that one of the big, the big distinction between what you do throughout the year and what you do on the Seder night is that during the rest of the year, the idea is to just kind of remember. Like it's, you know, you recount it, you, you, you talk about it a bit, but, you know, it's, it's the idea's memory. And he says that the the what you do on the Seder night is you are reenacting. It's become it's going into your bones, basically, the event. It's like as if you see yourself. No right, and so that's a whole different avoda. So he says that the, the Teiman do do it right because there's one thing they do is they actually like like I think they take bags and they put. It. Is that everyone does it? The yeah and they actually act like they were slaves, and then they go from, from Abadim to Nechorim. All right, from here I'm
0: going to Keshe's...
2: <laughs> a... From here I'm
0: going to Keshe's to buy myself a, par- a pharaoh costume.
2: Don't <laughs> strings.